0: Last time on Stone Cold Mysteries.
1: body you two fished up is a body from overseas. According to his very wet passport, this man is from the Americas. It says he arrived here around a week ago.
2: The man was shot three times. Two in the chest area and one in the shoulder.
1: His passport says he's from a place in America called Florida. He's been in the drink for two days now. And considering that he's not from London, it seems to me that this must be some common mugging gone wrong.
2: I beg to differ, Shepherd. He was killed by the lads who brought him here. His wallet is on his person. His wallet is in his right shoe. I figured out that the bulge was his wallet. A notebook with American banknotes inside of it. Listen to this. The investigation is going well. I've almost got the dirt on them that I need. I need to watch my step because of how large the crew is, but this clue cannot be ignored. That's all it says. Dated for yesterday.
1: That little piece of paper is labeled for a tin can. I'm guessing beans. I called over to the Americas and I got a hit. This city in Florida called Fort Myers, I talked to the chief about finding a body in the water that was from the police force, and he told me that one of his men in the detective department was going undercover as a sailor to stop a crime that was happening to England from Florida.
2: I'm guessing that the detective was investigating a drug cartel.
1: We would like to know if any ships arrived here from America, which of those ships frequent their trips, and if any came in from Florida.
3: It looks like his door's been tampered with. Last year I had another break-in, just like this, and it was devastating to a police investigation, so I made sure to make two logbooks. Another police investigation? Yes, I think it was August 19th, 1889, if I remember correctly. There was another murder here at the docks, but it wasn't solved. The missing page shows ten ships that came in that day, six of them coming from America. Out of those six, three of them frequent their trips. We can definitely eliminate this
1: ship. It doesn't make much sense that a dinghy would be the base operations for a drug cartel. Can
4: you just tell me where to find some beans, Mr. Brandy?
1: You mean those beans that come from America? I think the only place that buys and sells them are Simmons, Adam's Bakery, and Rosie's General Store. But you should know that Adam's Bakery never seems to have them when I get there.
4: Are you sure he buys and sells them?
1: I suppose I don't really know, but I've heard some young chaps saying that they've enjoyed the beans from the bakery.
0: These beans are great. Where do you get them? I want to be able to get them. We get them from a company who sells them to boat companies in America, and then the sailors from Moon's Last brings them over to us. I want some beans. Oh,
5: I'm sorry, we man. We just sold out of them. When? I haven't bought or sold beans in about a year.
4: And who gives you these beans?
5: I'm not at a liberty to discuss the folks who sold it to me. A baker's confidentiality. The company who sold them to me may not even exist anymore.
6: Where do you buy them? I buy them from America, and they are brought over by the moon's lass every month. I thought that my shipment came in yesterday, but they shooed me away saying it was for the bakery. I don't remember Mr. Brown ever selling beans, but I let them go and then I noticed that they were from the ship Mary's Grace.
4: Simmons and Rosie's General store gave me beans that were from Moon's Lass. Adam's Bakery didn't give me any beans, and I found out from Mrs. Niles that Mr. Brown gets them from Mary's Grace. Mary's Grace wants all the beans to go to Adam's Bakery, but Adam's Bakery might not sell the beans only because Mrs. Niles never saw Mr. Brown sell any. Plus, Mr. Brown says he hasn't bought them in a year. From what I gathered
2: from Charlie, I believe believe our drug dealer in London is the baker. We want to know which boats you receive
6: your items from. I get several items from the Americas, which are brought over on three different boats. St. Annabelle's, Moon's Last, and Mary's Grace. I get my wooden items and food items from the companies that sell them to Mary's Grace, and I get other miscellaneous trinkets from the companies that sell them to St. Annabelle. I only get one item from the companies that sell them to Moon's Last, and that's a certain can of beans. The strange thing, though, is that Mr. Brown, the owner of Adams bakery buys beans from Mary's Grace now. And it all started when they stopped selling it to me. Although I still have yet to see someone buying beans from his store.
1: So the men from Mary's Grace got careless and accidentally let you see them bring beans in.
6: We need to know what ships
2: brought you things from America and what you got.
5: The only things I have received from America were ingredients from my shop and other food items from Mary's Grace. That's all. Then why did Miss Niles
1: witness crates of beans coming into your store? She said you received a bunch of them from Mary's Grace.
2: Do you? have something to hide? Absolutely not. This wall is false.
5: You two aren't coast guards at all.
2: Oh, you just realized that now, sweetheart. Spill.
5: They aren't drugs.
2: We'll see about that. Well, looky here. What was that about this not being drugs?
5: I have a wife and six children, and the baker's salary won't feed my wife, and so how am I supposed to keep my kids alive? I don't know anything else besides the fact I buy them from Mary Grace. I buy them from a small group, because it all has to be done secretly and I always get my shipments at night after all the normal shipments are done. The normal shipments and the drug shipments are doled out by different blokes. Plus, when I call in for my new shipment, I'm always handed off to someone else. When the captain deals with all of the other shipments, the only reason they delivered early this morning was that the leader said he specifically had a little problem that he had to deal with last night. What do you need?
2: We would like to know who deals with the selling of items for your boat. More specifically, the rare and very good beans.
7: I deal with all the specific selling of the cargo, except for those specific beans you mentioned. That goes to my first mate. He works with ten other chaps. They help him sell and deliver the beans. I don't oversee this at all.
2: I know exactly who killed our dead detective, and I also might have solved the case from last year.
1: You have? But we haven't even talked to any of them.
0: No matter. Let's go nab the killer. Now we return to Samantha Stone, claiming she has solved the murder of the detective.
8: Okay, wait. Back up a moment. You said that I harbor murderers and drug dealers on my ship? Are you crazy? What is going on?
1: More importantly, Stone, who did this?
2: I'll answer all of those questions when we talk to that group and your first mate. Although, I can tell you I'm not crazy.
8: Ugh. Follow me, I suppose.
9: What is this all about, sir? Who are these people?
8: Actually, I'm not exactly sure. They never told me their names or anything. Assume they are Coast Guards.
2: Actually, no. This is just a costume of sorts. I'm a private investigator, Samantha Stone.
1: And I'm Chief of Police Carter Shepard.
2: And you are being arrested. You and these ten men for murdering a detective a few days ago, and a man over a year ago, as well as operating an illegal drug ring over international waters from America to England.
1: Quite a serious scrap sheet you've got there. I'm supposing you be in jail until you rot. Or maybe a more severe consequence will be given to you.
9: Okay, excuse me. What is this? You have no proof. Captain, with all due respect, this is ridiculous.
2: Not as ridiculous as you think. You and your men sell drugs to the baker of Adam's Bakery. Maybe even more folks through the guise of selling him beans. You had two detectives, or police folk of Florida, investigate you because they thought you were selling drugs. Unfortunately, they were right, but you got to them before they could report you. The first one you killed was a year ago. You killed him by tying cinder blocks to his feet and throwing him into the Thames. You murdered him to keep your secret. Then, a few days ago, you were willing to kill again when the new detective joined the crew as an undercover sailor. Unfortunately for you, he was a lot closer than the last detective and a lot harder to kill. You ended up screwing it up by shooting him three times on the docks. Unfortunately, you couldn't dispose of the body properly because he fell off the docks and into the water. That was your first error. We were able to find your body quite easily before evidence was lost. Then you were seen by an old buyer of the beans bringing these beans to the baker. That was your second error. Your third error was having a baker that kept all the drugs on his person. It was actually quite funny to pull money and drugs from his pockets when we had him backed into a corner. He told us he opens the cans and stuffs them into his pockets for easy and secret transport to customers.
9: (laughs) Ha ha, you lie! He doesn't keep him on his purse, and are you crazy? He has a back- No, he doesn't sell drugs. We don't sell him drugs.
2: Looks like you were going to say a back room. Am I right, Shepard?
1: Seems like it. We found the back room. All we had to do was open the cans, and he was singing like a canary. Mary's Grace had about ten guys who had brought him drugs, and they had to take care of something the night of the murder, which is why you had to bring him the drugs the next morning.
9: What? You have no proof. You can't just say that. I still don't have proof.
1: You pretty much confessed when you defended the baker. But let's let Stone do her thing.
2: Here's what happened. You asked the captain here to take over the bean industry of this boat, and you asked to do it with ten others. When you got your group together, you changed the beans to drugs. You just put the drugs in the bean cans and packaged them that way, and then sold them to whoever wanted some extra shillings. You would bring them at night so no one would see you, When you had to kill the two detectives, you also broke into the Coast Guard's office and ripped out the log where your ship was penciled in so no one would know or figure out which ship could have done it. And then you were gone. But when you killed the second one, you didn't have enough time to be able to leave because the body was fished out a day later. We were able to find his notebook and figure out what he was investigating, and the Coast Guard kept an extra logbook this time so we knew exactly what ship to look for. The cashier told us that your ship stopped selling her beans and the price was jacked up, but the baker was able to get beans but never sold them. Your group is the only one who can control the beans and where they go, so you are the only ones who could have killed the detectives and sold the beans as drugs.
9: You can't prove that we sold the drugs to the baker. Maybe some other people did it. You can't prove our beans
1: are drugs. I wouldn't say that. Since you, Eleven, are the only ones that deal with the beans, that means you are the only ones who transport them and deal with them. The only ones that could touch the beans. That means if you open those beans and the drugs are inside, you're under arrest.
3: Shepard goes over to the beans and opens them with his pocket knife. There are drugs inside. Looks like we have our killers, Shepard.
9: No, I'm not going down like this. I killed before. I'm not afraid to do it again.
3: The first mate pulls out a gun and points it at Stone. The other ten pull out knives. Shepard pulls out his gun. Put
8: that down!
9: You can shoot, Chief, but I'll kill her before you get me, so I suggest you put that gun down.
3: (sighs) Fine. Shepard puts his gun on the floor. The first mate walks over to Stone and places the gun on her temple and grabs her before walking backwards up the stairs with her.
9: Come on, mates. Let's go. Chief and Captain, stay there for a minute after we leave. You will let us go, or the girl dies.
1: You better let her go!
9: I don't matter, Shepard! Get him! But- Uh-uh-uh, Chief. You move, and a hole goes through her head.
3: The first mate, his group, and Stone go through the hatch. The first mate goes first. Then we hear a metal thud, and the first mate comes crashing back down, knocking down the group members. Shepherd grabs the first mate, and the captain grabs Shepard's gun on the floor and points it at the rest. Stone grabs the first mate's gun and points it as well. The Coast Guard sticks his head through the hatch with a lead pipe in hand. Oi, um, I remembered you guys didn't call for backup, and you two were going against the group, so I thought you might need help. I can only find a lead pipe. I hit the right guy, right? Um,
1: yeah, thanks.
3: Yeah, I could have ended badly otherwise. Stone and Shepard are back at the station after apprehending the members of the crew.
1: Now we just wait until the Americans come here and get their criminal baggage. Ready to go to dinner?
3: Yes, but let me get Charlie. You did say he could
2: come.
1: Right, you can call him. Tell him to go to Simmons. Also, I know he's going to ask about how we got the murder. Just don't tell him about how, you know, almost died again. I
2: didn't almost die, Shepard. He was just holding me hostage. I really need to learn how to get out of holds. Maybe I'll ask pugilism about it again.
1: Well, next time we call for backup. Then it won't happen again and you won't need to learn boxing.
2: I don't want to learn boxing just to defend myself. Come on, Shepard. What's your problem against me learning how to defend myself?
1: I just don't see the need to do that when you're perfectly safe with backup.
2: You saw what just happened. I'm a damsel in distress. But- I don't want to be helpless, Shepard. Why are you always keeping me a weak, helpless princess?
1: Because I want to be your knight. What? Uh, I just said I want you to be all right. The police force can protect you
2: soon. Oh, well, sure, Shepard. But I don't want to be a weak link.
1: You're hardly a weak link. Do you think just anyone can solve these murders?
2: Uh, you'll certainly know how to flatter a girl. Come on, let's go call Charlie.
10: There is one in a million like you. A dream in a million come true. I confess that I really don't know why, but I know that I glow like I do, only once in a lifetime is part, to find someone rare as you are, but now you're around, I have really found that there's one in a million like you. To be my love, I give thanks each day that you came my way, way out of heaven to try, love, oh, yes, once in a lifetime, you know, a lot. One in a million like you. Fate was surely time to help my heart find someone like you to be my. Once in a lifetime, you know a love have not started below. Though it may be rare, you and I do share this love that has happened to few. For there's one in a.
2: he's fighting evildoers, kidnapping pretty damsels. Let's help Daring Dan and watch him on the big screen. I'll be there with sweet pop guns and horses. This will be a blast. Daring Dan the cowboy man. (laughs) Yahoo! Catch him Saturdays at 6.
3: WCUG Cougar Radio presents the seventh episode of the new radio drama, Stone Cold Mysteries. Please pay attention for this drama is interactive. It's a sunny afternoon in the seemingly safe coast of Florida, December 1st, 1890. Private investigators Samantha Stone, Police Chief Carter Shepherd, and Charles arrive at Fort Myers, Florida with the fine police force of this town. Stone, Shepherd, and Charles come here after being invited by the brutish police chief of this town because of their fine work of capturing the killer and taking down the most recent scandalous drug operation. They were asked to attend the funeral procession of the dead detective. The air smells sweet with opportunity, or maybe it's just sweet to the three because it smells of a job. Will this vacation turn sour with blood and death, or will they leave because this isn't their city? Well, let's tune in and find out.
2: I can't believe that the Fort Myers police force was so happy with us finding Mr. White's killer that they told us that we had to come to his funeral. Although, I can't say I would have turned the offer down.
1: Well, you also took down a six-year drug operation that was happening right underneath the captain's nose. I can't believe he didn't know what his crew was doing on his own ship.
2: Oh, come now. We both took it down. Besides, they acted like it was quite a miracle. Although, they are paying us quite handsomely, and that's nothing to sneeze at.
1: I just hope nothing happens in London while we are away. I can just see it going in utter chaos while we're here.
2: Well then, are you saying we're the backbone of our city?
1: Well, I'm not denying you.
2: It's not like London will go up in flames, Shepard. Didn't you leave that, mm, Grover guy in charge?
1: Yes, my deputy-in-chief, and the fact you can never remember his name is what seriously works.
2: Uh, if anything happens, we'll be back there in a jiffy. And I only remember things that are important to me. We are only staying for a couple of days. I'll be able to solve whatever happens when we get back. Let's just make the most of our semi-vacation.
1: I think we're going to have some trouble enjoying the trip, Stone. For one, we are only here to be commended for our solved investigation, and then to attend a funeral. And secondly, you brought the kid.
4: I have a name, Chief.
1: Why did we have to bring him again?
4: I can't just
2: leave him home alone. And before you go telling me that I could have left him with Mrs. Lawlin, the woman still thinks he's a dog. She can really tick me off sometimes.
1: Wait, Miss Lawlin thinks Charlie is a dog? Why?
4: I was playing a game, and I guess when I barked, she just assumed I was a dog. And I could never convince her otherwise, and
0: thus, he is my little puppy.
1: She's more crazy than I thought.
3: A police officer walks up to the three.
0: Mr. and Mrs. Shepard, I was told to tell you that we would be landing soon, so you might want to grab your items from the cabin.
1: Excuse you, I'm a police chief. Chief Shepard, don't demote me.
2: And my name is Miss Stone, not
0: Mrs. Shepard. We aren't married. Right, and that's why you two don't. Have a child together? The officer walks away, shaking his head.
2: <sighs> Why do we even try anymore? You might as well propose to me already. Do
4: it! Do it!
1: <laughs> oh, pipe down.
2: These Americans are terribly rude. Live Live her. Live
3: her. I guess we must go below the deck and grab our stuff.
1: Yes, let's go.
3: Shepard, Stone, and Charles go below the deck. Soon after, the ship docks and the three emerge from below with their stuff.
1: Miss Stone, Chief Shepard, I hope you had a pleasant ride from England to Florida. I know I get queasy on ships from time to time, so I can see if you did.
2: Now that you mention it, Charlie did get a little green around the gills from time to time.
1: Both of us were fine, though.
2: The police
3: chief bends down to look at Charles.
1: I suppose neither of us have our sea legs, huh, Sport?
4: Sea legs? Sport?
1: Well... Sea legs is a term sailors use that means you are used to the waves and an unsteady surface so you don't become sick. But how is sport unknown to you? I'm guessing sport is some term of endearment for little boys here in America. Naturally. Wait, what do you call them? Pains in the- Maybe
2: you should just take us to our living quarters now. Chief Daniels, I would like to drop my bags off and freshen up a bit. Please.
1: Certainly. We'll take you to your hotel soon. But first, you must get your passports checked. I know you are with the police force, but we still like to perform our jobs. We understand. We all cut from the same cloth, you know. From one chief to another. Right. Just step up to the Coast Guard, please.
3: Shepard leans over to Stone.
1: Huh. Did that response seem a little chilly to you?
3: A little bit. Maybe he still doubts us.
4: I wouldn't see why. You two saved his career, didn't you? Hello, can I see your passports?
3: The three walk over to a very beautiful Coast Guard. Charles goes first, and then Stone. Shepherd then walks up.
0: Oh, can I see your passport, sir?
1: Here you go, mum.
0: Wow, manners and a handsome face. Looks like your passport's okay.
1: But you didn't even look at it.
0: Oh, honey, please. A strapping, uniformed man like yourself has to have a correct passport. After all, you are an officer.
1: Well... Gee, uh, thank you, ma'am, but maybe you should give it the once-over, just to make sure.
10: The
0: passport? Because I've already given you the up and down. She looks over the passport. Just like I thought. Perfect. Like yourself. From London, eh? No girl, right? I don't see a ring on your finger, and you haven't shut me down, so you must be free. If you ever get lost around this area, come and find me. I can show you all the lovely places. If he ever got lost, miss,
2: how could he find you?
0: It's an expression. I suggest you get going. And I'll see you later. These wretched American men ain't nothing compared to you.
1: Uh, right.
0: She waves goodbye as they walk away. Stone
3: looks unhappy and walks quickly, beating Charles and Shepard to the police carriage. They get in the carriage and the carriage drives off. Later, they arrive at a very nice hotel in the middle of town.
1: You will be staying here for the next couple of days. Enjoy your stay. Just tell the concierge at the front desk that you are the three there with the police, the ones who solved the crime. She'll show you to your rooms.
3: The police chief gets back into the carriage and leaves. Stone grabs Charles's hand. Come on, Charlie. Let's get to our room. Stone goes in as Charles looks back at Shepard, who follows in behind.
9: Good morning, my friends. How may I help you?
2: We were told by the Fort Myers police chief that we had rooms available.
1: Yes, he said to tell you that we were the three who solved the crime in England.
9: Oh yes, the tea drinkers. I remember. Here's your room key. All you have to do is go up to the third floor. You even have a nice view of the beach. It's the first room to your right. (laughs) This is a single key.
1: Isn't there a second room?
9: Oh, I'm sorry. I was told a couple and their child would be the three who came from England. I wasn't aware that couples in England sleep in separate rooms. (laughs) Well, they don't. It's just that... Then I don't see a problem.
1: But we aren't.
9: Are you two engaged or just boyfriend and girlfriend? If that's the case, I can see why you might want a separate room. But the thing is, you'd have to pay for a separate room from your own pockets. And I'm also completely booked. You folks either take the room... Or sleep on the streets. Ah! We'll take it!
4: We'll take it!
3: Charles grabs the key and pulls Stone upstairs.
4: You guys need to quit with the corrections unless it gets in the way of the investigation. We're almost going to sleep in the streets!
2: I wouldn't let that happen to you again, Charlie. But I might make Shepard sleep out there if he doesn't explain that coast guard.
1: Jealous, are we? But don't worry, Stone. She's some foreigner that I don't even know. It takes a lot more than sweet talk to win this man.
2: Could have fooled me. You were being awfully nice to her. I might have seen those cheeks of yours change colors.
1: I promise you it was nothing. I didn't want to be rude or anything. I don't plan on talking to the woman again.
2: Well, what about those blushing red cheeks you sported?
1: Come on. Any healthy red-blooded man would get a little flustered when some woman talked to him like he was a million pounds. But come on. You've got to know it wasn't like that. Use those detective abilities of yours already.
2: Oh, right. Oh, right. I can see it wasn't like that. You're just perverted like every other male out there. But next time you better start telling off wenches like that.
1: I'm not per- You know what? It doesn't even matter. I don't want any angry stone on my back again. But I do think it's cute that you do have some human tendencies, like jealousy.
2: What's that supposed to mean?
1: I'm just saying, it's very rare to see you get worked up over anything other than the case.
2: I'll have you know I enjoyed myself quite a lot at the theater.
1: You mean the show I took you to see that soon after turned into a murder? You're like a death magnet. No wonder you only get hyped up about cases.
3: Stone goes to say something when a blood-curdling scream echoes from the outside, near the beach. (coughs) The three run over to the window. They see a woman screaming over another woman's lifeless body.
4: Um, I think I have to agree with Chief, Miss Stone.
11: You are a death magnet you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than
12: you. Oh, you can't. Yes, I
11: can. Oh, you can't. Yes, I can. Oh, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can.
12: Anything you can be, I can be greater. Sooner or later, I'm greater than you.
11: No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes,
12: I am. Yes, I am. I can shoot up cartridges with a single cartridge.
11: I can get a sparrow with a bow and arrow.
12: I can live on bread and cheese.
11: And only on that. Yes. Yeah. So can a rat.
12: Any notes you can reach, I can go higher.
11: I can sing anything higher than you. No, you can't. Yes, I
12: can. No, you can't.
11: Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, 50 cent 40 cent 30 cent 20
12: cent uh, You can. Yes
11: I can. Yes I can.
12: Anything you can say I can say softer.
11: I can say anything softer than you. No you can't. Yes, can. can. yes I can. You can. Yes I can. Yes I can. Yes I can.
12: I can drink my liquor faster than a flicker
11: I can drink it quicker and get even sicker
12: I can open any safe Without getting caught Sure That's
11: what I thought, you crook Any
12: note you can hold, I can hold longer I can
11: hold any note longer than you No,
12: you can't Yes,
11: I can No, you can not Yes, I can No, you can Yes,
12: I can No, you yes, no. can
11: You can wear, I can wear better. And what you wear, I look better than you. In my coat. In your vest. In my shoes. In your hat. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can.
12: Anything you can say, I can say faster.
11: I can say anything faster than you.
12: No, you can Yes, can.
11: can. I can
12: jump a hurdle.
11: I can wear a girdle. I can
12: knit a sweater.
11: I can feel it better.
12: I can do most anything.
11: Can you make a pie? No. Neither can I.
12: Any notes you can sing, I can sing sweeter.
11: I can sing anything sweeter than you.
12: No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes,
6: Are your allergies starting to act up? Are April flowers leaving pollen coating all over your clothes? Don't wait for May showers to wash the pollen all away. Use Sophie's Soap Suds. Sophie's Soap Suds help make spring cleaning go by faster, maximizing your time by cleaning away the pollen in just one wash. Don't waste time using other soaps. Spring ahead with Sophie's Soap Suds. When all other soaps are duds, buy Sophie's Soap Suds.
1: The Vic is Dahlia Goodwin, 23. A general store employee. Goes in and out of relationships all the time. Thanks to this witness here, we also know that the most recent boyfriend was a professor's protege at the local museum.
6: Do you want us to get the D.B. out of here, sir?
1: Not yet. You know if we moved it before Steele came, he'd kill us.
6: Mind if I look at
2: the
3: body before this Mr. Steele guy comes in?
1: Be my guest. Not like it will do much help.
3: Stone glances at him and then bends down to examine the body.
1: What do you mean by Vic and D.B.? The victim and the dead body. Shouldn't you know this? Aren't you a policeman? Yes, but we don't exactly use rudimentary slang like that. What's the point? Ease. It's easy to say things like DB or Vic instead of saying the whole thing out. The more I talk to you two, the more it boggles me how you took down that drug operation so quickly.
3: Shepard leans over to Stone.
1: I'm starting to think the miracle you spoke of earlier isn't out of admiration.
3: I have a feeling it's more
2: on the terms of, it's a miracle you didn't screw up the whole thing. But, I
4: found out something interesting in his pocket here. Hey, American Chief, why are you so rude to Miss Stone and the Chief?
1: Excuse me? You brought the child here? To a crime scene?
2: Well, where else were we gonna keep him? In the hotel alone? I think it's
4: funny how I'm always overlooked.
1: What kind of hack policeman brings a child to a dead body? Don't you people have any tact at all? You two shouldn't even really be here. I just accepted running to a crime scene as a habit of yours, but this isn't your jurisdiction. In fact, it's not even your country.
7: Greetings, Daniels. I heard you have a body on your hands. Need a
1: little help? Oh, don't start being goody-goody just because the foreigners are here. They don't even know how to raise a child, let alone run an investigation. So, you two are the
7: infamous Londoners, Chief Shepherd and Miss Stone. I thought the two of you were supposed to be married, but... Here we are. The police lockies under my good man Daniels here got it wrong again.
2: You noticed the lack of a wedding ring.
7: Any poor sap could have seen that, which is why I'm a valuable asset in this police force. Because the poor saps didn't see that. I'm head detective Samuel Steele at Daniel's service.
2: You work with the police?
7: That's right. I'm a detective, not a private investigator as yourself. I'm actually needed and wanted.
2: I have you know that I'm very much wanted at this station in London. Shepard here calls me all the time.
7: Steele looks at Chief Daniels with pity. You didn't tell me that the police force had solved the case were complete simpletons. How do they get anything done?
1: We get things done better than you can. But the way you've
7: been conducting yourself while you've been here, I think not. Flirting with an American girl on
1: the first day, Chief Shepard? I wasn't flirting, she was. And how do you know that?
2: He's probably going to say some stupid remark like he knows everything in this
7: town. I know ev- Touché, Miss Stone. I talk to people, which- It's the short explanation.
2: And I'm guessing your ego also compensates for the
4: short things.
7: It doesn't matter what you say, Miss Stone. You're still in my town, and you aren't setting foot in this investigation.
4: You can't do that! We are guests, and investigating is our life!
7: This is where I say, find a life, and you two take this child back where he belongs, away from the crime scene.
1: You have some nerve speaking to us like that, boy.
7: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Goodbye, Stone. Goodbye, Shepherd. Steel looks at the body before walking away. I've seen all I need to see, Daniels. Tell me what your witness said exactly while we walk, and let's go to that boyfriend.
3: After Steel is gone, Stone sighs and goes back to the body and scrutinizes it before the officers take it away.
1: You kept so calm through it, that Stone. You should have shown that guy what for.
2: What's the point? You can't argue with a brickhead. My father used to tell me, never argue with an idiot, they will bring you down to their level and beat you with
4: experience. In other words... He was a simpleton who talked a big game but knows nothing.
1: I hear that. So what now? You aren't going to just leave things as is, are you?
4: Of
2: course not. I might be a tea drinker, but I'm a woman of justice first and foremost. That's why I'm not going to leave murder investigations in the hands of some pompous idiots. They can do whatever they want while we're in London, but as long as we're here, we might as well do what we do best.
1: Uphold the law. You're absolutely right, Stone. But I can't do much here. I'm a London police officer. I have no authority.
2: Good thing private investigators are universal. You're just going to have to become one for the time being.
4: What about me?
1: That is going to be a problem. We are completely alone here in America, Stone. We very well can't leave him at the hotel.
2: Hmm... Uh, get down on one knee, Shepherd. Huh? Just do it. Shepherd kneels. Oh, you're too kind, Carter. I will marry you.
1: <laughs> what? Stone?
2: Not stone, Shepherd. Mrs. Samantha Shepherd. We might as well use an assumption to our benefit. We are going undercover as a family. Too bad we didn't have some sort of ring to seal the deal.
1: I see. We are going to be a couple so that Charlie can be explained. Good thinking. How are we going to get folks to give us the time of day?
2: Leave that to me. If we gain their trust a bit, then we can get them to open up about something that we can use against them. So, what type of blackmail, I suppose?
1: So where do we go first? That boyfriend at the museum?
2: I think not. For two reasons. One, our good friends Daniel and Steele are going to be there. And two, I don't think he was the most recent boyfriend.
1: How do you figure?
2: Well, I found this in her pocket.
1: A business card for a doctor's office?
2: With an address on the back of it that isn't the same as the address for the doctor's office on the front. It also says that this address is for a place called Mother's Cooking.
1: A restaurant, I figure. Looks like there's also a date and a time there as well.
2: It's dated for tomorrow at noon.
1: So I guess we should check out that address tomorrow instead of checking out the doctor's office today.
2: It'll definitely be easier to infiltrate. Also, we'll catch this mysterious person out of their element.
4: How did the girl die?
2: From what I could see, it was cyanide poisoning. I could smell almonds around her person. Her skin was also pinker than normal, actually almost purple. This happens because of the increase of oxygen in the blood. Isn't oxygen good, though? Yes, but too much of a good thing can be detrimental.
1: And deadly, in this case.
2: I would assume that this is the murder weapon.
1: the half-eaten sandwich?
2: That's the only way I can see. And why she was out here eating in the first place is beyond me. Americans are strange.
1: Who would want to eat on the beachside? Is that girl still around here?
2: You mean the witness? I was thinking the same thing. You want to question her, right?
1: Yes, actually. It seems the chief or police here only likes to dig skin deep. He only talked to the girl about who the murder victim was.
2: My thoughts exactly. I want to ask that girl about herself and maybe more about the victim.
1: And we have the upper hand with her since she left before we were dissociated with the police.
3: Charles, Stone, and Shepard find the girl waiting by the street.
1: Excuse me, Mom. Can we have a word with you?
6: Hmm? Oh, you two are with the police. I'm waiting for a hackney carriage, so whatever you two want, you better make it quick. We just wanted to know what your relationship to the deceased is, why you two were out here, and are you sure the museum guy was her last boyfriend? Can we not talk about Dahlia right now? I'm very distressed about this whole situation. It- It hurts to see her dead. I just want to go home. We know it must be rough, but we need you to help us here. If you want us to find her killer, we need you to answer our questions. Fine. I'm her sister. We were the best of friends. She told me everything about anything. We were out here because she wanted to tell me something. She seemed genuinely excited about it, so I thought it was a marriage proposal from the museum boyfriend. So yes, as far as I know, the museum guy was her last boyfriend. Although she was spending a lot of time at the local doctor's office before she... Before she died. I don't know what happened, she just started choking. Next thing I knew, I was being questioned by the police. Who made the sandwiches that you two indulged in? Those specific sandwiches came from a cafe in town called Mondays. She bought them yesterday, or this morning, maybe.
1: You don't know?
6: Well, she wasn't exactly home yesterday. She slept over at her boyfriend's house. At least that's what I heard from her this morning before she died. Interesting. So
2: you didn't see those sandwiches at all until you two met at the beach. Right.
1: Thank you, ma'am. Well, that's all we needed to know. Good. She leaves.
2: (laughs) She might have thought that the museum boyfriend was her last boyfriend, but I'm still sure this doctor was the most recent.
1: So you think that the good news she said her sister had was about finding a new boyfriend?
2: Possibly. She did say that Goodwin told her everything about anything. Maybe she was excited about a new beau. We'll never know, though.
1: What should we do now, Stone? It's starting to get rather late. The sun is starting to set.
2: Well... I would suggest we would go see the museum boyfriend just to talk to him. But seeing as we are in an unknown area, I suggest we walk back to the hotel before we get lost in the dark.
4: I hate walking in the streets at night. It's so scary when I lived on them. I'm glad we're walking back to a hotel.
3: They walk back to the hotel.
4: Welcome back,
9: tea drinkers. Be glad you got here before I lock the doors. Curfew is nine, no later.
3: They go to their room. I hate it here.
1: In this room with me, or America?
2: America.
1: I second that.
4: Me too. Everyone's so mean.
2: At least the folks we met. But I really despise not knowing where I am. To be an investigator, you must know the streets so you can get to and from places without seeming suspicious and to investigate efficiently. Now, we're going to have to rely on word-of-mouth directions as well as trying to be an undercover family. This could take hours... And we could be very suspicious.
1: This could be harder than we thought.
4: But we have to solve this murder before that stupid detective screws it up and blackens both your names.
2: It's depressing how right you are about that, Charlie. We can only hope the detective is way off.
1: Maybe we shouldn't worry about future problems when you have a problem right under our nose. Hmm? Our sleeping arrangement. We only have one bed.
2: I didn't think that we had a problem there. It's obvious that Charlie and I are going to be sleeping on the bed. Women and children first. You are a gentleman.
1: Yes, but where am I going to sleep?
2: Either the chair or on the floor, Shepherd. You can take all of the pillows if you want. And here's all the undersheets.
3: We get the quilt, though. I get cold easily.
1: <sighs> now I wish we had an extra room.
3: Shepherd takes the sheets and pillows and sets them up on the ground. All three soon after fall asleep.
13: How much is that doggy in the window, arf, arf. the one with the waggly tail? How much is that doggy in the window? Arf, arf. I do hope that doggie is for sale. I must take a trip to California and leave my poor sweetheart alone if he has a dog he won't be lonesome and the doggy will have a good home how much is that doggy in the window Uh, uh. the one with the waggly tail how much is that doggy in the window? I do hope that doggy is for sale. I read in the papers they're a robber oh, oh. with flashlights that shine in the dark. My love needs a doggy to protect him. And scare them away with one bar. I don't want a bunny or a kitty. I don't want a parrot that talks. I don't want a bowl of little fishies. He can't take a goldfish for a walk. How much? is that doggy in the window? <coughs> the one with the waggly tail. How much is that doggy in the window? <coughs> I do hope that doggie's for sale.
3: Stone Shepherd and Charles are in a hackney carriage towards the museum. I see you rubbing your neck, Shepherd. Hard floor, rough sleep?
1: Uh, what do you think? I'm not old, but I certainly feel it. I've got this uh, crick in my neck. The sooner we leave this place, the better.
4: Well, I slept great. It was warm and soft, and I felt safe with Miss Stone hugging me all night. Just Charlie, don't lie. I wasn't hugging you all night.
2: I faced away from you and we went to sleep.
4: You move in your sleep.
1: You two may be having fun talking about your wonderful night's rest, but I'm hating you both. Why are we going to the museum again?
2: I was thinking that we could get as much out of the old boyfriend as possible before we have the lunch date with the Mr. Doctor.
1: So, what's your story?
2: We should be the cousins of the deceased. I'm assuming he hasn't met the family if the sister of the deceased didn't even know he was an ex.
4: You guys don't exactly sound like you'd be American cousins.
2: You're right, but I can try my hand at imitating these folks. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Samantha Shepard, private in mm, no, private wife. Oh, uh, no goodness. Uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm Samantha Shepard, this man's wife. Maybe I shouldn't broadcast that. You don't exactly go around saying that you're someone's spouse, do you? Uh, what should I say? Years of titling myself and now all I'll be is Samantha Shepherd.
1: Whatever you do, Stone, I'll make sure to play along. Besides, I think titling yourself is fine. It's a cute cork you have.
2: <laughs> Shepherd?
1: Uh, Just getting in the spirit of the married life. I have to acknowledge your cute and beautiful attributes, you know, to make it seem real.
2: Yeah. You two are weird. Anyway, Shepard, how's your American accent?
1: Hi, I'm Chief Shepard, and this is my wife, Samantha Shepard.
4: You wouldn't be a chief, remember?
1: Oh, right. Hi, I'm Carter Shepard, and this is my wife, Samantha Shepard.
4: And I'm Charlie Shepard, their son. (laughs) I like it. It's got a nice ring to it.
1: Well, seems we're ready. As long as we remember our fake titles, we should be fine.
2: Yes. We'll get him to talk by saying we are the family of the deceased and saying that he was the last boyfriend to get him flustered and talking. It'll be a
1: cinch. I just hope we can get him talking easily and quickly. The more time we spend in an accent, the easier it'll be to mess up.
4: I think we'll be fine. Don't get
2: too comfortable, Charlie. We are still in a foreign land. Shepard is right. Staying
3: undercover for too long isn't good.
4: I don't agree with you. Being undercover is cool. I get to have a family that way. I like being a son.
3: Stone and Shepard look at each other.
2: But you do have a family, Charlie. You have me, you know.
4: I'm no more than an indentured servant. If I was your family, then why can't I call you mum? You don't like it. You always say, call me Miss Stone. You get mad at me
1: when I call you mum. Uh, Charlie. (laughs) We're here. Final destination. The Fort Myers History Museum. Everybody off! Stone Shepherd and Charles,
3: get off. How much do we owe you, sir?
1: Two dollars, ma'am.
3: Carter, give him the
1: money. What? Two dollars? That's insane. Pay me, or I'll get the authorities. (sighs) Okay, here you go. Two dollars. Maybe next time, you won't rob us, huh? It was a long drive, and who are you to tell me my prices? Never mind. Just be here by 11 so we can get to Mother's Cooking. Right. Yeesh, I'm glad we changed over our money this morning before we got into the carriage. At least the police force here is good for something. I can't believe he wanted 40 shillings worth of that short of a ride.
2: Yeah, I guess. We better go in now. It's now or never.
1: Are you okay, though? So? Yes,
2: I'm, I'm fine. Let's just go in.
6: Howdy, y'all! I'm Sally Mae and this is the Fort Myers History Museum. Any history you want to know about Fort Myers is right here. It's fun for the whole family and educational, too. Step right into the Fort Myers History Museum, and if you don't mind, a donation of 50 cents to keep this wonderful place a going.
1: Hello, ma'am. I'm Carter Shepherd, and this is my wife, Samantha Shepherd. Good to meet you. This little scrap right here is our son, Charlie. Go on, sport, say hi.
6: Hiya! <laughs> what a wonderful looking family! What can I do for you? A quick tour. The grand tour.
2: Just here for God? No. Actually, we're here to meet the museum curator's protege because we are family with the woman who died yesterday. He was her boyfriend, and we just wanted to ask him for any condolences he could give us. She didn't spend much time with family after her mother died, so we didn't see her at all for the last five years, even though we tried. We just want... We just want anything from him. To know that she... She was happy in her final days... Oh, Carter!
3: Why'd she have to die?! Stone throws herself in Shepherd's arms.
1: Uh, as you can see, my wife is extremely distressed. She was the only one in the family trying to get her to come back. Her passing has been very hard on her.
4: Please, let us see him. I don't want to see my mommy cry anymore. Oh, oh my,
6: oh my, oh my, bless your hearts. This is quite sad, quite sad. <laughs> Come now, you three. I'll take you to see Fred. This way. This way.
3: The clerk shepherds the three into the back room, where a young man is working fervently in a book. I'll leave you three here. I have to get back to the front desk. I hope you can find the solace you are looking for. Thank you. The clerk leaves, and the man looks back at them.
1: Um, can I help you? Hopefully. We were told that you were the last boyfriend that Dahlia had.
2: We've come to hear your side of the story. And for you to tell us you are innocent for the murder of Dahlia.
8: What? Who are you? Some sort of police? Already told the police everything.
1: No, we aren't the police. I'm Carter Shepard, and this is my wife, Samantha, and my son, Charlie.
8: Then what makes you think I have to talk to you? Why did Sally let you back here?
2: Because we are Dahlia's cousins. Well, I am. My maiden name is Samantha Goodwin... We deserve to know whatever the police know, because you killed our dear Dahlia.
8: No, no, I promise you I didn't. Dahlia and I haven't been together for two months. She stopped seeing me on a whim. She said I wasn't cutting it anymore, and she dropped me like that. I haven't seen the girl since.
1: So that's why you kill her. Because she let you go for no reason. She made you mad.
8: No, look. You two seem like nice folks, so I'm going to tell it to you straight. I'm a wimp. I stick my nose in a book all day because it's fun. I love learning about history and I wouldn't hurt a fly. Dahlia only had me because I was so easy and I have a pretty face. I knew she was just using me for some twisted fantasy, but but it was nice waking up to a woman in my bed. I was a boyfriend with an expiration date. I knew that. I'm not mad at her. I'm just glad it lasted as long as it did.
2: And you're telling us the truth?
8: Cross my heart and hope to die. I wouldn't lie to her family. I, I can just imagine how something like this could hurt you all. I just hope your kid isn't negatively affected.
1: Do you know who she left you for?
8: Haven't a clue. All she told me is that he makes a better paycheck than I do, yet he still has all the books. I'm guessing he's a doctor or something?
1: Thank you for your
3: time. I guess we will have to find this new boyfriend, huh, honey?
1: Right you are, sweetie.
3: Stone and Shepard start to walk away as Charles stays behind.
4: Hey, was Auntie Dahlia happy at least?
8: Aw, as far as I can tell, yeah. And if she has this good of a family behind her, I don't see why she would be upset. A wonderful body and a gorgeous face, getting whoever you want? She'd have to be insane not to be happy.
3: Charles nods and runs up to Stone and Shepherd as they walk out of the back room. They leave the museum.
4: That was really fun! Maybe we should tour the museum, Mom. And I think you should have donated, Papa, seeing as we lied to her so much.
2: Charlie, we aren't in the museum anymore. You don't need to use those terms anymore.
4: I know, but I like them. I like to say it better than Miss stone and chief
1: Well, you should probably only be saying Mom to Stone because we aren't together.
4: You aren't helping, Shepard. According to yesterday, you guys are engaged. And for acting, you two seem pretty into the whole married thing. I mean... Was honey and sweetie really necessary?
1: We'd have to sell the gimmick, kid. It's all or nothing. If you don't believe it, no one will. To quote a well-known traveling troupe.
2: For a 10-year-old kid, you are quite infuriatingly intuitive.
4: It comes from living on the streets for almost 10 years and then living with a detective. Private investigator! Isn't that just the same thing? I mean, you seem to think that family and in-depth servitude is the same. So two widely different things must be the same. Okay, Charlie, that's not fair. You were the one who decided
2: to try and steal from me. I could have taken you to the authorities. Who knows how many people you successfully pickpocketed before you came to me?
4: I wish I hadn't pickpocketed you. Knowing you didn't have anything is a lot better than having something and nothing at the same time. I like you, Miss Stone, but I don't think you like me. You say, I have a family, but you aren't my mum. Then what family are we? You aren't my sister, because I still have to call you Miss Stone. All I do is live with you, because you own me for a few measly shillings you could have lived without. Stone, for
3: once, doesn't know the answer to this accusation. The air is thick.
1: I don't think you're quite understanding your situation here, Charlie. If she didn't love you, why would she still care for you? She's right. She could have taken you to the authorities and not care a little bit, but she kept you. The measly shillings she could live without are being given to you to get something nice at the market because she already selfishly clothes, feeds, and houses you. I know that you really want a family. I don't know what happened to yours, but you've only known Stone for four months. Take as much love as you can get, kid. I'm sure if you really want a real mum, you can have Stone take you to the adoption agency.
2: But I don't want a real mum! I want Miss Stone! I'm not ready to be a mum, Charlie. I don't even have a husband yet. I promise you, you are my family. I want you to stay, Charlie. It's nice to have a human being around the house to talk to and to teach. I might not be like a mother, but I don't want that title. Not yet. Not until I'm married.
3: Just call me Miss Stone for now. Stone hugs her shoulders and walks to the edge of the street and looks for the hackney carriage. But-
1: I wouldn't push it, Half-Pint. She'll come around eventually, I'm sure. But you are her family at this point. Seeing what happened to her parents, that was a terrible day. I don't think she's ready to be a parent just yet. But you have some hope, you know. She did say, for now, instead of forever.
4: What happened to her parents?
1: Well, her mom died of childbirth and her dad died when she was 19 of tuberculosis. I suppose she just doesn't want to be a parent for the fact that I might eventually leave you alone.
4: Uh, uh, Oh. You know, Chief, you're really nice and smart, no matter what the people say.
1: Thanks. Wait, what do the people say?
3: Come on, boys. We have a lunch date to attend. Shepard and Charles come up and get into the carriage.
1: Mother's cooking, right? That's right.
3: The hackney carriage sets off. Moments later, they arrive at Mother's Cooking.
1: All right, get off.
3: You're quite rude, you know.
1: Nice cities don't pay the bills, miss. Now, I want my two dollars, please.
2: Yes. First, can I get your name?
1: Gordon Fully. Why?
2: Really? The Gordon Fully?
1: Oh, uh, what? Does that mean something to you?
2: Yes, I remember talking to your wife on the occasions when she goes to the bakery. I frequent there quite often, so I talk to everyone. She is quite fond of you, talks about you all the time.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I mean...
2: Save it, playboy. I know for a fact that you are having an affair right now. So unless you want me to tell your wife that you are having some sinful relations with another woman the next time I see her... I suggest you drop the $2 charge and loosen your wallet a bit and give my husband back our money. And don't test me, friend. Your wife must be wanting to go to the bakery soon. Uh, What? How? Just give me the money. Maybe I'll find that woman you've been having relations with and tell her about your wife. I'm quite resourceful, you know.
1: Fine. Here, take it. Get out of my life, you devil.
3: The driver speeds off.
4: I guess... That means we have to find a different ride
2: home.
1: How did you know he was having an affair?
2: There was a tan line on his left hand ring finger from a wedding band. Unless I'm mistaken, you should never take off your wedding band, especially in public. He should have been more careful about going into the sun with his wedding ring on, if he wants to keep things like that a secret.
1: Most people don't notice tan lines, that small stone.
2: Yes, well I do. Here's your two dollars. It seemed unfair to make you pay for all of us anyway.
4: We better go question Mr. Doctor, eh?
2: Yes. We're still cousins
3: of the deceased, and we've come to give him the bad news, okay? The two nod, and they walk into the restaurant.
1: Um, how will we know which one is him? It could be any of the men in here.
2: Well, we can eliminate all of the men with a second person at the table. That leaves three suspects. Out of those three, there is definitely one that will not be the doctor. Can you guess who?
1: I'm supposing it's the obese old man.
4: Yeah, I don't think that pretty girl would want to date him. You're both all right. She could date him, but with the
2: possibility of that is very low, especially since the two left are young and handsome.
1: Really, now, I don't see it.
2: Now, out of those two, I believe the doctor is the blond haired man that has the blue shirt on over there.
1: Why do you say that?
2: Well, the other one has a newspaper and is reading it rather intently. Plus, he already has his food and is eating it with no remorse. The blonde-haired man is checking his watch constantly, and he's already sent the waitress away once. That means he's waiting.
1: And a waiting man is a man with a date.
2: Right. I guess he really hasn't heard the news. They all walk over to the doctor. Well, excuse you. Isn't that quite rude?
7: My gosh, it is you. Miss Stone and her motley crew. You need to work on your accent, honey. Anyone can tell that you're a wretched tea drinker. It's better than being a yellow-bellied pig. I don't recall ever being a coward.
2: Well, of course you are. Why else would you kick us off the case unless you were scared of a little competition? Afraid Chief Daniels will see you with your knickers down.
7: Wow. Knickers? Cute. Why are you here anyway? Are we not allowed to eat in your country either? Has anyone told you that you're quite sarcastic?
1: Countless times, actually. Mostly by me.
7: Whatever. It doesn't matter why you're here, but you can definitely stick around and watch a master at work.
2: Oh, when is the master coming in?
7: You aren't funny. I mean that you can watch me interrogate Dr. Lewis. I believe he's the killer of poor Miss Dahlia Goodwin. And why do
2: you say that?
7: I talked to the witness again, and apparently she was more than just a witness. She was the deceased sister. Anyway, she said that the deceased liked to jump around from boyfriend to boyfriend. She said that the last boyfriend she knew was a museum kid. We talked to him before her, and he said stuff about how she left him for someone wealthier, like a doctor. The only doctor in town is Dr. Lewis, so I went to the doctor's office, and they said he was here for lunch break. Now I just have to interrogate him.
2: Took you long enough to get here, you know. If you did good investigating, you would have been here earlier.
7: So that's why you're here. In Investigating, anyways. I should have known the three of you go back on your word. Typical tea drinkers.
1: We never agreed to drop in the case. You left before we could say a thing. You just assumed we'd drop it.
7: And now, since we've beat you here,
2: we should be allowed to join in on the investigation. Unless you're scared, Steel.
7: Fine. But you keep your comments to a minimal. I don't need simpletons mucking up the investigation.
3: Ha <laughs> ha uh.
1: You really know how to treat guests, don't you?
7: They all walk over to the doctor. Hello, Dr. Lewis. I'm here to ask you a few questions.
8: Oh, hi, Detective. I'm sorry, but right now I'm waiting for my girlfriend to come.
7: Sorry to break it to you, but she isn't coming. Um, excuse me? What? She's dead. As a doornail. Murdered. What did I tell you about being quiet?
2: We are grown adults. I don't take orders from you.
8: Uh, Uh, who are these people what do you mean, murdered?
7: These people are no one, and she was murdered yesterday. Cyanide poisoning.
8: What? Are, are you serious?
7: Yes. Where were you yesterday around five?
8: I, I was home. I, I just got off of work, and I was fixing myself breakfast for the morning.
2: Can anyone give you an alibi?
8: No, I was alone.
1: What about two days ago? Where were you the night before yesterday?
8: I was at my house with my girlfriend. She had a lunch date with her sister, so I helped make her food for yesterday.
1: Lunch? Were you helping her make lunch?
8: No. I helped her make breakfast. She told me that her sister was getting lunch. I I mean, I I picked out a nice wine and appetizers for her to tell her sister to get, but that's it.
7: So you didn't give her the appetizer, just the breakfast?
8: Right. I I mean... I did actually give her the wine. It's rather expensive, but it goes good with sandwiches. That's it.
7: So you lied. Not good, doctor. Not good. What is your relationship to Dahlia Goodwin? Ugh.
8: I told you I was her boyfriend. That's all. I broke up with a girl named Carol. Don't know her last name. A few weeks ago when I found Dahlia. She was so great. I, I can't believe she's dead.
2: What is this girlfriend like?
8: Well, she hates me now, I know. She said she'd kill me the next time she saw me because I broke up with her. She told me that she didn't want to be associated with someone who gallivants with girls day in and day out, so she wouldn't tell me her last name as to save face. She was nice and all, pretty enough, but when Dahlia came onto the scene, I had to have her. I could care less about Carol.
7: That doesn't matter. You and Dahlia were on good terms?
8: Yeah, how we spend each night seems to show it, but she told me that all I am to her is a toy until I get useless. Sure, it makes me upset that she would call me that, but for all intents and purposes, I'm her boyfriend. She was just so beautiful, I couldn't leave her alone. It's fine, though. I liked it, so I was okay.
7: Really? I bet knowing that she was just using your body was infuriating. What? I- I bet you hated her telling you every time that you meant nothing. Just a means to an end.
8: No, but- You
7: mean nothing, Lewis Kane. Nothing. Your body's the only good thing about you.
8: Shut up, okay? I hated it, it's true. I didn't get why she thought she was so good that she could just go around and throw people away because she was pretty. But, I loved her. She was so beautiful and amazing, I had to go with
7: her. But I hated it. So, you wished she was dead.
8: What? I I mean, no, but... uh, Maybe she just didn't feel good enough to be in a relationship. I guess I didn't want to be in a relationship to begin with. Just some fun, but... Then it started turning into love. Look, I'm not guilty. Look, if you want someone to look for it, just talk to her boyfriend from the museum. Why? He seemed pretty harmless. Harmless? Would a harmless person send signed death threats to my doorstep and then threaten her?
2: No, I suppose not. But you've certainly given us a lot to think about and a lot of help.
7: It certainly is a lot of information. The picture is getting clearer now. Yes, I
2: know
3: exactly what happened.
1: I've I just solved the, the case. case. Oh, this'll be good.
3: Here we end the seventh episode of Stone Cold Mysteries with a challenge. Find that killer. Were you paying attention? You now have all the tools to solve the murder. Message us on Facebook at 88.5 FM WCUG or tweet us at Cougar Radio WCUG with the killer, the motive, and the weapon. Tune in next time to hear the solution and to listen to another Stone Cold Mysteries.